0: podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles and conversations, head to WeArePodSyndicate.com. Hello everybody and welcome to this, the latest episode of the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike. Uh, as you may have guessed, I am Mike and with me as always is Hannah. How are you today? I'm well. We're about to get locked down again. We are. Well, that's weird. Our podcasting endeavours together began with a lockdown. and yes, they, uh, did. they Certainly coming to a middle. Number two. Yes. Although it's, uh, it's a three-day lockdown yeah. as it stands, and hopefully that will be
1: Basically, it. Basically, Delta, the Delta variant has arrived in New Zealand, and because of the way the government deals with it, the minute they see any kind of community outbreak um they shut the whole country down until they can source where it's come from um link it back to all kinds of things
0: and stop it being transmitted through the community yeah I mean we've had the whole cautionary tale of um Australia
1: absolutely so,
0: yeah uh, yeah but but anyway it, it, that might result in more podcasts
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah
0: so thank God, it's definitely going to <laughs> result in more drinking. Yes, which will probably result in more podcasts. Yeah. Uh, less lower quality podcasts, no <laughs> doubt. But uh, apologies but, for the
1: slurring in advance.
0: Yes, well, um, well, it, well, let's see. Uh, if we, it depends how quickly we get through the episode, really. I guess it's, yeah. it, it's it's a it's a dash to the line, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah. Um. But, uh, but yes, so Hannah, do you want to remind our listeners, or not even remind, just tell our listeners, uh, which episode we of Agents of Shield of Marvel's Agents of Shield we are covering this week okay
1: so we're doing love in the time of hydra it is season two episode 14. synopsis says the team are bewildered by a recent shocking revelation as they face a difficult decision meanwhile bobby and mac declare their loyalty to hunter and ward and agent 33 take care of a private matter oh,
0: so ward's back in
1: ward's back um it is directed by jesse Botchko.
0: oh of steven Botchko.
1: Son of Stephen, and written by Brent Fletcher.
0: I always think it sounds very Klingon, doesn't it? It's uh, Jesse's son of Stephen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, um, now
1: Brent Fletcher wrote.
0: He wrote a bunch of season one.
1: Yeah, he did. He wrote um, three excellent episodes in the first season. He wrote "Girl in the, girl, girl in the Flower Dress."
0: Do you know you always stumble over that? I, I know. remember meditating. It's it's an odd, random thing to stumble over saying. I, the, you always say glirl. Glirl. Yeah. Um, glirl, you'll be a Roman soon.
1: <laughs> it's a bit like both of our kids. Uh, there's a cat at their school. Um, Barbara. Barbara, yeah. But, They're
0: coming um, for you, Barbara.
1: But both of our kids call her Barbara. Wow. Yeah.
0: Bra-bra-bra-bra-bra-bra. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. um, so he wrote girl in the flower dress uh, the magical place and Providence, wow. so three excellent episodes. Yeah, um, and he wrote a hen in the wolf house, which was earlier in the season. Also a good episode. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so um, yeah, he's got he's got an excellent track record, a promising pedigree, and and he writes right through um, to season seven. Nice. Not not heaps of. They've the episodes,
0: got a, but... quite a small staff, haven't they? Yeah. Um I mean, it's funny if you watch like. Star Trek Discovery. I don't think there's any writers that write more than one episode a season. It's like it's a full staff. Yeah, uh... he
1: uh, so he wrote three episodes season one, three season two, and then he he wrote two of each uh, two episodes of each season right up to season seven, where he wrote one episode, and it's one of yours and my favourite episodes. But I'm not going to talk about it because it will spoil yeah. things.
0: Actually, before, also, before we get into this week's episode, there's something I forgot to say about last week's, and it's one of those things as well where it occurred to me, it seems so obvious, but is where the name of the episode came from? Mm. Because you know how it's called One of Us, and there's a whole One, one a of Us. Do you know what that's from? No. It's from the 1930s horror film Freaks, right? where it's a freak show. Um, it's, it's it's directed by the guy Todd Browning, who directed the original Bela Lugosi Dracula, mm-hmm. and it was really controversial because they used real, you know, what were then called freaks in the film. The idea is is that these these uh, you know freaks mm-hmm. are treated really badly, and they get their revenge, sort of, sort of ironic revenge on somebody, and they end up a freak themselves at the end. And it ends with them chanting "One of verse, one mm-hmm. like you're a freak." So it, obviously, that's a reference to the fact that. Cal is recruiting this group of freaks, mm. you know. So it just really annoyed me that as a film geek, <coughs> I didn't reference the fact well, where that came I'm from. I'm revoking your licence as film geek. Also, I'm wondering if that was the black and white film that was at the beginning of the episode.
1: Oh, it it very well could have been.
0: Um, but I just wanted to get that in because uh, yeah. I, I, I it, mean, it, it would it, irritate it, me. It probably you. was. Yeah. Um, but anyway... um, so before we get into the non-spoiler section, I just want to remind people of a little bit of housekeeping. Um, first of all, do not forget to go over to wearepodsyndicate.com. Just have a look at all of the other shows that are over there. So there's his film, her movie, which is another couple uh, reviewing films. I think they do two, two films per episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Film Bastards, which is a weekly film review show with um, some um, old podcasting uh, compadres. Um, there is also Entertainment Landfill, um, which is a film, television and pop culture podcast. Um, and there is also Tune Stroker vs. Spencer, which is my other show as well, so I'll go over there. Uh, but there's also bonus episodes. There's been a couple of recent bonus episodes. it has been a really fun
1: one recently where you hosted a trivia Yes. Like a
0: quiz yeah. thing, and that's with various other people from some of those shows. Yeah,
1: and it was quite fun. The, it was that was a fun just, listen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Hannah actually had a go at doing the quiz herself right after we recorded a uh, episode of this show. I uh, sucked in night. a very big way. Well, yeah, but I mean the the, the questions were tailored towards specific people yeah i think that if i'd have tailored them towards you you'd, you'd have scored comparably that's you know how mm. it goes um but also don't forget to uh, send us um email or voicemail over at rewatchprojectpodcast.gmail.com and we're also on instagram and twitter in both instances we are at rewatchproj that's P R. Uh, so yes so we will um, as we always do we will do a non-spoiler review and then uh, if we do have anything spoilery that we want to get to we will let you know with plenty of notice at the end um, but uh, but yeah so should we, uh, we do this let's do it okay <laughs> Good afternoon, good morning, good evening and welcome to Film Bastards, a podcast where three friends, two of them married and two of them podcasting life partners, chat everything from new releases, trailers, news and an eclectic mix of other film goodies oh, and many, many, many tangents. You can find them by searching your podcast provider or check them out on Twitter and Instagram by searching Film Bastards. You never know, you might like it and if you don't, well, we don't really give a f*** Next Tuesday, he's done everything to protect S.H.I.E.L.D. and his agents We're talking about Skye I have no idea how to handle her You'll find a way, you always do Now there's disloyalty in the ranks You guys don't want Coulson in charge As the team he built aligns with a new S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: You're one of the few people I know I can trust Coulson and his secrets, that's
0: the threat And I think it's time that we remove that threat New Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Next Tuesday at 9, 8 central on ABC. Okay, so we're back. So we have just finished watching Love in the Time of Hydra. Yep. Episode 14 of season two of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh-huh. Hannah, over to you.
1: I have exactly one note. Wow. <laughs> it's not even really that great a note.
0: Um, Is it just that you felt like you should have one? So uh,
1: I just thought it was something I'd probably forget to say. Yeah. Um, i really enjoyed this episode i thought it was good it was a good return to um the overarching storyline um a good amount of action a good amount of subterfuge um lots of different threads coming together bit of character stuff bit of character stuff it was just blue for the dads (laughs) shut up (laughs) Um no it was good I really enjoyed it what about you
0: yeah, No I agree it's funny I heard a phrase today on um I can't remember what the context was but it was um it was a writing term oh I know what it was I looked this episode up before when I was at work today mm. um just so I could see who wrote it and directed it and all that kind of stuff um and I noticed I went, I saw that um Jesse Botchko directed it. Yeah. And obviously his dad is Stephen Bochco who was the who was a great writer producer. He was the first of the great showrunners like he ran um, Hill Street Blues, LA Law, lots of, you know, great shows yeah. from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And he had this term that he used that apparently writers use and they're called P P2K4 stories.
1: P two K four Porn to, to night,
0: night four, and um, right. basically it, it's a chess term for a move that's designed specifically to set up other moves. Right. So and this felt a lot like a P two K four episode. Right. Okay. You know, and that's that's not just, that's not a criticism. That's a, it's a very they a very necessary part of these longer seasons, mm. and it felt to me like this was one where it was. I think last week's episode was very much a, um, like I say, kind of rolling the windows down and just having a little look around and taking stock of the universe, just taking a breath. Mm. Whereas this one felt like a manoeuvring kind of episode. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Setting
1: I, stuff in motion again.
0: And mm. I, I thought that the the character stuff and the whole a lot of the Fitz and Simmons stuff was better handled in this in, a, in this episode, mm. um, and it made it, it didn't feel. Contrived, I guess, which Mm. is how it is. But but no, I really like this one. Well, should we get into it? Because there's quite a lot of of plot to to work through on this one. Um, Let me just make sure that I'm actually recording. Because I don't actually remember pressing record. Uh, But I did. Go me. So We open up on 33 and Ward, um, and we see... um, her wearing her sunglasses really don't hide the horrible disfiguring no. of her face do they
1: mind you i mean what kind of fucking sunglasses would
0: well no no exactly exactly but um so she, she, she's talking to ward who we haven't seen for a couple of episodes it's probably worth uh, pointing out mm. um that um he says that she saved him and she's getting all kind of googly eyed and it's really weird seeing ming na wen being vulnerable yeah in the role, and there's just there's, there's two, there's two points in this episode where we see regular actors from the show, um, not as themselves.
1: Well, it's quite fringy,
0: yeah, but it, yeah. it, it makes you realize how good the actors are. The fact that how yeah. much of what you think of them as being is performance, mm. you know. Um, well,
1: that's what I mean. Like when we watched Fringe, um, I remember saying to you that. Um, it, even within the context of the show, when a character was in a certain circumstance, and I won't go into it too much in case we end up covering it, Mm. if there were certain parameters, I thought one thing about them, and if the parameters changed, I thought something completely different about them. Yeah, it makes you... It's mm. a real
0: blank canvas sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely,
1: and it takes... It takes a very skilled actor to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and to mm. make you forget. Yeah. That that's, that they're not always like that. Yeah. Um, I think it was a really um, clear Pulp Fiction reference as well. Like when they're in the diner and she gets oh, up yeah, just like yeah. everybody on the ground, and he says, "Do as she says, and nobody gets hurt." Mm. It's word for word the same as um, Honey Bunny and the Tim well, Roth. That, I
1: mean, that is quite generic,
0: though. But I I agree with you. No, no, there's like two or three lines of dialogue that are identical. I mean, this isn't just similar. This Mm. is exactly the same. Mm. I mean, and there's no reason for them to have had that scene in the diner because the only plot, the reason they're there is just to catch this guy. They could have nabbed him anywhere. I think there was a very much a choice that they were going to do a scene that was going to be specifically designed to reference that scene in Pulp Fiction. Basically, they you see that the reason that they are there is that they want this guy to, you know, fix her face, get the, the mask dot on. Mm. Um, we see Skye getting fixed with her sort of safety gloves, and there's a little bit of a back and forth um, where Simmons is being really insensitive again, and he's talking about how, you know, she could be like Captain America, and Simmons is like, actually, she's more like the Hulk, and he's just being like super, just yeah. nagging, you know, about it. Um, and,
1: and basically having this argument in front of sky. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Exactly. And um, sort of may agrees that sky should leave, that basically the situation is. And again, I mean I think this is better why not a the,
1: healthy position for him to be in. Yeah. Mm.
0: And I think that's that's why I think the writing's better this episode in regards to this storyline because you can you can kind of see um, the different opinions because Mm. the shit is hitting the fan and you don't need this random element there. Mm. You know, um, I kind of, I really love how
1: May and Coulson are being portrayed here because, um, okay. You've got all the stuff with the, the, the alternate shield agency and all this kind of stuff. And they're not sure about Coulson and blah, blah, blah. But yes, okay, he's he's doing director stuff and doing subterfuge things because that's his role and he can't be transparent with every person on his team. Mm. It's not the way the role of the director works. But um, the fact that he didn't just shut Sky down immediately and lock her up and fuck, you're a danger, Mm. like he cared about her and made the same, like her ultimate response was we need to help you in whatever way Mm. you need to be helped Um, just goes to show that that they are better characters than you would think.
0: Well, the other thing as well that this episode shows and Coulson comes to this realisation at the end is that May sees making decisions based on emotion as a negative but Coulson realises that he's at his best when he does allow motivation to do it which is why what he does with Sky later in the episode is logically the right thing to do as the director. But it just afterwards, sit well instinctively, with it. he knows he's made the wrong decision mm. because he didn't let his emotions come through. Yeah. He's like, I've just got a feeling I've done the wrong fucking thing. And what it is, is because he did it by the book. And May kind of,
1: kind of validates that by saying, I felt like that with Andrew.
0: Yeah, but Coulson's skill is that he's got really good gut instincts. Mm. And the only time he ever fucks up is when he doesn't listen to that.
1: But... Yeah, I I completely agree with that. And I think the beauty of this episode is showing you that although you can see how the alternate shield have come to the decision that perhaps Coulson is um, compromised or, you know, a threat or whatever they think he is, that actually he's... He's more clued in than they give him credit for, for yeah. starters. He is making good decisions and he, he isn't being, um, he's not eating up their lines of bullshit that they think he's eating yeah, up. Yeah. Like at the end, when he says to May, so Mac, do you believe what he says? And she goes, no. And he goes, yeah, yeah. no, me either. Yeah. Let's go find out what actually is going on. Like, He doesn't necessarily know what's going on, but he knows when he's being fed a load of crap. Yeah,
0: but they're not bureaucrats. They're not bureaucratic. Yeah, you know, I think that's an important thing. But um, so um, we see another mention of Bahrain as well. Yeah, Uh, and I think that there's. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm not going to get into any spoilers or even talk about whether you know how much or if and when this gets more fully done. But I Mm. think that one of the things that's interesting is that. I mentioned
1: that May. It's been mentioned a few times in terms of her. Um, Soon, decision making abilities. Well, that's what I'm getting, that's what
0: I'm saying is that is that I'll say that um, Coulson is at his best when he's dealing with things emotionally. It's being indicated to us that May isn't at her best when she just deals with things emotionally. Mm. And the question there is why, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, so the, the we see the guy that they abducted at the beginning doing some work on 33's f- sort of nano mask as they call it. Mm-hmm. We get a bit of business between Mac and Hunter. Uh, we get to see Edward uh, James Gravitas, almost, <laughs> as Gonzalez. Um,
1: and uh, this is where I'm going to put my two cents worth in with my one note and say uh it's that actor who was in fringe
0: oh kirk Escovedo. <laughs> i'll tell you what's odd as well i noticed he's playing he's basically I, playing the same character no no he's not because he, cause he well, was a nice he was a nice character of. Yeah. in fringe whereas he plays a douchebag in this well
1: yeah but like
0: like he's sneering he's, he's in playing
1: this and... a he's playing a agent kind of oh yeah yeah, yeah. What I mean.
0: like, from a genre perspective yeah uh, it's funny as well, though, because Edward James Olmos is he's probably most well-known for uh, Miami Vice. Um, really? And
1: Wouldn't it be Battlestar Galactica?
0: Oh, well, well, I suppose more recently, yeah. Mm. But, uh, but, I mean, and, and he was I didn't realise he, he was in, in there. Ba- yeah, he was the boss in, uh, in Miami Vice. Um, but the villain in Miami Vice was a guy called Calderon. And I noticed that's the name of the Kirk Ecovido character. Oh, really? So I wonder if that was a reference to Mindy um, to Vice. I but so. But um Before your time, probably, oh, wasn't it? it's fair they, So basically, we we get the, the pitch from the true shield talking about how uh, Coulson and Fury were too secretive and all this kind of stuff, which seems kind of ridiculous, considering that... They're being just as secretive. Well, yeah, and the fact that they were a secret organisation. Yeah. And that, if anything... Uh, Coulson was always outspoken about how Shield was too secretive. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, Bobby says that she feels that Coulson has been compromised. We get a bit of business with 33, practicing with the faces. And uh, this is one of these sci fi things you kind of just have to let go a little bit because her body. Shouldn't change.
1: No, but but there's does. points where
0: it really does.
1: Well, she's tall, short.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fat. Thin. And again, you just have. To, that's just one of those things. That I think yeah. it's just a suspension of disbelief kind of thing. Her
1: hair changes. Yeah. It's only a face mask. We talked about this in previous episodes.
0: Yeah. I said to you. But there are bits where the the, the actresses are obviously wearing wigs though as yeah, well. Yeah.
1: But I had said to you like ages ago that how how has I said something about how her yeah, yeah, yeah. hair changed or something. Because, yeah, like, the, yeah, it, it, it's just a face mask. Yeah. It's not a whole I've noticed mask. in
0: scenes where, in quiet scenes where the camera's lingering on her and they're having conversations, they make a bit of an effort. But yeah. but, but in the busier scenes, it's as though they're like, ah, oh, oh, just fuck it. Yeah, so as I say, it's, it is weird seeing Ming-Na Wen being sort of vulnerable and kind of being, all, you know, sort of all googly-eyed and kind of... Um, just un may
1: and she plays it really well yeah
0: and because I mean, I mean what I think they do as well is that presumably they are using the voice of the actress in ADR
1: yeah I found that quite um, disconcerting especially when you've got Sky yeah but with May's voice yeah.
0: like that no no Sky with 33's voice no Sky with May's voice oh is it May's voice yeah oh okay but, but yeah it, it makes sort of a little difference yeah um so we see Coulson take Sky to an undisclosed location. Uh, we get the origin story of Lola and about how it, it was an emotional connection to his dad. Um, we see um, 33 ch- tries to go all sexy time with Ward as Sky, but he's just like, no, no not having it. Mm. But it's all part of his sort of manipulations of her because uh, he realizes that he can kind of weaponize her
1: yeah absolutely by playing
0: into her sort and, of psychosis
1: and him saying he's not crazy and he you know um all this it's like well you you blatantly are when you know it is seen not that far afterwards he's talking about how he really digged it, dug in with his family and talked about his emotions yeah. and came to a good conclusion and stuff, when you know that he burned their house down. Yeah,
0: well, and I think that court. she knows that as well by the end of it, because when he's suggesting that she makes her peace with Bakshi, yeah. it's obvious that what he's talking about isn't something therapeutic in the traditional sense. You No, know?
1: it's but, quite a violent thera- yeah. therapy.
0: Basically, he's manipulating her to get to Bakshi. We see there's, there's a, good, a good bit of business with uh, Talbot's wife. And I always find the character of Talbot very watchable because he's just so earnest and so yeah. comic book
1: he is you know, really comic. he's
0: like let's get these sons of bitches he's that kind of guy <laughs> yeah um,
1: the the kind of facetime call i really loved actually I yeah thought it was really good yeah.
0: and i love the moment where he just realizes that he's in the shit with his wife as said, well it's i'm like, gonna
1: be up to my neck in edible arrangements <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. You
0: know. and i like the fact that when you first see him he's holding court with one of his staff about lawnmowers and you get the impression <laughs> that he's just a really insufferable guy to live with um, but so we we learn that um so we learn that he has taken uh, that colson has taken sky to one of fury's retreats and that basically he's uh, isolating her for safety uh, or locking her away depending on how you look at it um, and he's also got these sort of like power inhibitors that Simmons has worked up. And I think this is all the stuff that Carlson's talking about, how instinctively it's just all a little bit fascist no matter how you dress it up. Yeah. And it's funny as well because we were talking, I think in the last episode or the one before it, about how it's very easy to be judgmental when it's people you don't know. Yeah. And I think that th- this is what we're talking about here, is that in the same way that Edward James Olmos and his crew are judging Coulson on his actions. They weren't there and they don't know him. No. So they've got no context for these actions in the same way that people are doing the same thing for Sky. But I think that the instinctive quandary that Coulson's got is he does know Sky. So I think deep down he does know that it's bullshit and that he shouldn't be inhibiting her. He shouldn't be hiding her away in the same way. I think you and I talked about this as an an analogy for disability and about how the idea that you could cure someone and it's like well you know people that's not to say people don't want to be cured but you are suggesting that that they're They're, lesser yeah that they're
1: elusive for being different
0: yeah and don't get me wrong I think if you could go to a a blind person or or a profoundly deaf person and say right I can heal you now they're not going to be offended and be like how dare you this is who I am but at the same time I think that, that sometimes there is this assumption that somebody with Down syndrome is lesser, for example. Yeah. Whereas there can be beauty in that. Of course, And yeah. And I think that that's subtextually a little bit of what's going on here.
1: Yeah. So one thing I was thinking is in that scene where Skye and Coulson are talking in the cabin is even like it, you could really see the conflict between being the director and being... Sky's family um in that scene because he's giving her answers like when she's saying about should I wear the inhibitor sleeves and he's saying I can't answer that for you that's your call where that to me was saying no I don't think you should be wearing them but I c- I, I can't, can't I can't say that to you because yeah. my role as director really should be saying yes you should what, be what, wearing these I think
0: also there's an element of um, yeah, he just doesn't want to be the fascist. And I think the other thing, the parent analogy you've just made, I think is also strengthened, but it's strengthened by the fact that he essentially gets called away to work. Yeah, like he does. She's like, "Have you got to go?" And he's like, "I've got shit. I've got to do." Yeah, and it's like you know, this morning Philip was like, "Cause you know how Philip's obsessed with us playing with him at mm. the moment. Like, will, will you play with me? You play with me." As silly a comparison as it is, I'll hate it in the morning where I'm like, "I've got to, I've got to go to work. I can't." And I hate that. I, I would like the top job of the.
1: How guilty do you think I feel when I say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm making lunches or mum's got to do this? Because I really don't want to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we see May is quietly probing uh, Mac about Hunter's whereabouts. Mm. Uh, and we see Tolbert questioning his staff as well and trying to, you know, taking on people's faces to see what's going on. Um, we see Ward and Agent 33 find Bashky, Um But Bobby says that she never expected Hunter would care or stay. Mm. So basically what she's saying, and I, I believe this, I can't even remember if it's true. I've got no reason to think it isn't. That when she brought him in, she was just like, well, he's so flaky that he'll be gone before the shit hits the fan anyway. Well, you he know. was
1: working as a mercenary. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, if his team hadn't have died, he wouldn't have stayed.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: she couldn't have accounted for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a very unexpected set yeah. of circumstances. Yeah, um,
1: she didn't know about the diviner. Yeah, so you know, if the original mission had worked out how it was supposed to work out, he would have been out of there.
0: Yeah, and it's worth mentioning. I can't remember specifically how the stuff with Bobby and Mac plays itself out, so I'm very curious. I remember. You know, okay, well, that spoiler for me. Um, so Hunter, uh, against all the odds, escapes from uh, escapes from what it turns out is a, like a helicarrier. Fitz thinks that Skye's a prisoner, and this is probably my favourite scene actually. Where if he asks Simmons if she knows what was in the case, and he says, "Look, you just want to change her," she's like, "No, I want to fix her." And he's like, "You didn't used to be this scared mm. of things. You were the scariest change, mm. you know." He, and I think that's the, the that's the M- point. He's right. Yeah.
1: He's right. Yeah,
0: he's like the only person really who needs to sort of, uh, you know, fix their heart. Is her.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: Yeah, so Coulson says that he also feels that he didn't make the right play. He feels like he mishandled it and he's kind of got a bit of a a regret. And he says, I've just got a feeling that there's going to be consequences of of this. Um, You know, making Sky feel alienated or contributing to that feeling of alienation, Mm. you know. That this is where, as you mentioned earlier, we learned that neither Colson nor May believe Mac. Um and Hunter's escaped and I've I've got my notes going, Agent Golderone, my only vice bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> um but um up, Anna, what were your feelings things on this episode? Oh I, and I've got no I've got no spoilers by the way, so we no, can I don't we can, we can finish
1: Um there. I I thought this was super solid really um entertaining to watch great writing great acting i'd give it an eight and a half 8.75 out of 10 yeah excellent really enjoyed it what i agree
0: you? completely excellent. um okay so hannah you do you want to bring up the details for next week's sure. episode while you're doing that i will tell the listeners what we want them to do for us namely we want you to review us on apple podcasts or itunes or whatever the hell you want to call it and we also want you to email us at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com or send us a voicemail there or on the anchor.fm page and also interact with us on social media at Proj on both Twitter and Instagram.
1: Okay, so the next episode is called One Door Closes, um, Season 2, Episode 15. The synopsis says, War comes to Coulson's doorstep in a way he never anticipated as shocking revelations are brought to light and Skye struggles to control her new abilities but will soon make a decision that irrevocably changes her life. Um, it is directed by David Solomon... I haven't heard that name in terms of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before, but he was. Pro- X Files? He was a producer on Buffy um, and um, Dollhouse Risky Biscuits, hmm. director on Star Trek Discovery, among other things. Stalwart. Uh, and it was written by Lauren LeFranc and Rafe Judkins, who our writing team on the staff
0: yeah okay so uh, we will see you again probably very soon considering we're going into a three day lockdown indeed of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.